Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Dave Diaz from RedForkMarketing.com. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Seth. Really appreciate being here. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you and Red Fork get started? Um, I worked for a pretty big technology company. You may have heard of it, Apple. Uh, did that for about 10 years, actually, and had a wonderful time doing it. But one of the things that happened was I got to meet a ton of owners of businesses, and they could explain everything about their business. Um, but then at the very end, they would rip off their Avery template business cards with their SBC Global or Yahoo email addresses on it. And, and what I found very quickly was that these small business owners and franchises and franchise owners didn't know how to market their brand. And, and so therein came the birth of Red Fork Marketing. And it was you know at the time of the birth of, of online technologies. And so it just made a lot of sense. Loved technology, loved marketing, and so hopped right on over. Ah, well, congratulations. So Dave, how do you differentiate yourself in a crowded marketplace? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Most agencies are chasing big dollar accounts, right? And so they want to work with the big guys. It makes a lot of sense. Um, most agencies can't figure out how to work at the smaller business level. And so whether you're a doggy daycare or you own a restaurant, um, the reality is that it's very difficult to cross the chasm over into a space in which you can be incredibly successful. And most often it's because of a lack of support. Um, the reason we're able to differentiate ourselves is because we have figured out a way to leverage some of the greatest technologies out there, right? Today, that's AI. Back during, you know, uh, uh, previous timeframes, that was, you know, mobile website, you know, first and, and so on. But we're able to leverage these technologies that reduce our costs significantly while increasing the results. And those two things allow us to operate in a space that's a desert. Right there, it, there are very few agencies that operate in the small business space successfully. For sure. And who is an ideal client for you? Well, as I mentioned, you know, there's a lot of different verticals. We don't specifically narrow down to a specific one, um, but you know, anyone who is 
looking to figure out how to find their correct target or anyone who's in the small business space and feels like there's a glass ceiling, they can't figure out how to break past that ceiling. You know, it's one of those chicken before the egg scenarios. Like they've got one or two staff members, they really need more help, but they can't figure out how to make that happen because they don't understand how to gain additional revenue. These are all really great use cases in which we want to work with those companies. We want to figure out how to help them advance to that next level or even just get started. Um, there's sort of different ranges at which we work. There's more of a templated process that's really inexpensive and does the job and does it well. There's a more customized process for companies who have bigger goals and are growing. And then there's a, a higher enterprise level where we do work with those franchises and franchisees to help them grow even further. Awesome. Let's dive into that just a little bit. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see small business owners making when trying to market their business? You know, Seth, the biggest mistake that I see is that people oftentimes talk way too much about themselves. And, and the reality is like, like, think about this for a moment. If you're a customer and you're browsing um, somebody's website, you don't really care all of the amazing things that that company has done. What you want to know is how is it going to help me? How am I the subject of this situation that we're putting ourselves in? And so when you go to a website, it's like, well, we've been in business for 30 years and we can help, you know, do this. And we're the best at, you immediately lose focus of the target audience. You immediately lose them, right? When you look at something like a value proposition, for example, which oftentimes is just that first big piece of text on a website. Um, and by the way, this applies to a lot of different instances outside of just website, but for the sake of website, because most people just kind of get that, right? Um, the value proposition is a significant opportunity to stop talking about yourself. We, us, throw it out the window. What value do you add to the customer? What is it that they can be expected to do after working with you, right? So if you look at at ours, for example, on redforkmarketing.com, shameless plug, um, it, it immediately starts with high quality work and results, right? Because what do small business owners and franchise owners want? They want high quality work and results. We're not talking about how we're going to get them there or all the work that we do. We, we're putting them in the position of the end result and they love that, right? So I think if, if small business owners can stop talking about themselves and really think about the value that they add to somebody, that's an immediate game changer. I, I love that. I think you are spot on with that. Now, you've gotten shoeboxes filled with testimonials of amazing results you've been able to deliver. Can you talk about a client who hired you, what they were struggling with when they came to you, and then kind of that magical transformation you were able to make happen? Sure, sure. I'm going to talk about our very, very first client. And here's the reason I love speaking about them is because I like to think that we've been on our game from the very beginning. There's obviously lots of learns and, and lots of things that we've um, been able to modify or change or improve on in, you know, moving forward. But the very first customer that we worked with was opening a restaurant. Um, they had already opened the space. They were pulling in uh, less than $1,500 a month, which if you know anything about restaurants, it doesn't even cover the building, <laughs> right? Um, so 
so they were they were on the verge of walking themselves out of that space and and closing down for good. And so we we worked with them and and our goal was okay, how do we find the right niche that will immediately give them the successes that they need to continue to move on to the next level. And in in our space we would call that low hanging fruit, right? So like where's all the low hanging fruit? And at the time we found that Facebook ads at that time was was one of the best ways to attract people. And so we put on this grand opening event. Anybody that came uh, would get a, a ticket to redeem for free food so they could try it because we knew that the product was great. And all we did was invest $200, which is literally what they had. That's what they had. They, we invested $200 in ads. We got those people in the door. They were excited. We had additional marketing collateral and assets to get them engaged past that visit. And today, uh, they're actually one of our highest paying clients. Uh, they have done incredibly well. They're still here. Um, and they are a, a uh, seven-figure-a-month income restaurant at this point. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. And there's a lot more to explain there, but that is one of our, our coolest stories, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That's one heck of a um, cool story. Congratulations on that. Um, talk a little bit about the team that you built. So the team that we've built is small and nimble. And, and here's why, right? We, we have a, a seven, seven staff members at this moment. We're about to hire an eighth. Um, but when you look at our reach, we actually have a network of several hundred contractors and they're all over the world. They're absolutely everywhere. Reason we've built our team that way is because we wanted to make sure that when we hired somebody on, we could make a lifelong commitment to them if that's where if that's how long they chose to stay with us, right? What that meant was even though the marketing game changes so frequently, and, and while some months we need way more work in one area than the other, what that meant for us was allowing a few people that would operate at a higher level and essentially be project managers and be super focused on things like quality and results above and beyond everything else. And then we hire contractors underneath those individuals that work very closely with them to allow us to produce really great quality assets at a price that small business owners can afford. And these contractors, they're everywhere. They're very much US-based. We have a lot here stateside, um, but there's people all over the world. As a matter of fact, our coding team is in the UK and they do an incredible job. The wonderful thing about this is that because these seven team members are so focused on the customer, so focused on the project management aspect, they don't have, the, the customer doesn't have to worry about speaking to a few hundred people. They've got one person and that one person takes care of everything for them. So it's this incredible mix between like this white glove service that you would only expect at these higher end agencies while also getting all of the, um, while also getting all the attention that you need to get the best quality output. That, that makes a lot of sense. With all the success you've achieved for your business and your clients, what's your biggest challenge? You know, the biggest challenge, I, I don't think is exclusive to my business. The biggest challenge in, in the marketing space in general is that um, AI, let's, let's talk about that for a second, right? AI is this new buzzword. Everyone's talking about it. You know, it's 20, middle of 2023. What's crazy is that this conversation all started with the release of OpenAI just more than six months ago. That's how long the AI conversation has been around. Mind you, AI has been around for quite a while, but for the marketing space, it's really been about eight months total. You, you have to be on your feet. You have to be on your feet all the time. Everything that you know to be true today may be false a year from now. 
and when the space moves that quickly, your team, um, um, all the contractors that you work with and your processes are going through a constant state of evolution. And if we know anything to be true, one of the hardest things for humans to do is adapt to change. Yeah, that, that, that is for sure. You meant, you've mentioned AI and you've mentioned the marketing world changing so much. It feels like there's something new all the time. How do you stay on top of all of it? That's a great question. You know, one of the things that I learned early on back during my days at Apple was that oftentimes my team knows better than I do. <laughs> and so in the very beginning, we put systems in place uh, sort of as safeguards to try to make sure that people were educated, that people were learning and so on. And, and it didn't work. And it didn't work because it was sort of an instruction from the top down, do this, do that, right? Where now what we're doing is, is we're relying on our team to take personal development time and we've developed a culture that allows them to bring to us what they've learned, right? We meet, and I know this sounds wild, we have a meeting every single morning with no topic, with no agenda, and we sit and we discuss what's going on within not just our own personal lives, but what's going on within the marketing space. And that's an opportunity for people to bring things that they're passionate about, that they're excited about to the table, that then we all want to explore. Nobody's telling us to do this. We're excited to do it. And it's just really part of the culture of the team that we've built. That is awesome. And you brought segue perfectly into my next question, which was with a team that has both physical and remote team members, how do you create a culture like that? I mean, how do you work on that other than the morning meeting? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Again, a lot of that comes down to trust, right? When you're in an office space, it's it's incredibly easy to micromanage. And while I think generally speaking, we all agree that that's not the right way, it, it becomes oftentimes the easy way. Now, when we log off from the morning meeting and there's seven hours behind that discussion, right? Um, and all we're looking at is, is dots that show whether somebody's available or not. It's really hard to understand what's happening on the other end. And I think in order to, to drive a really strong culture, you have to think about it in this one very specific way, which is I don't really care whether my team is sitting in front of the computer for eight hours a day. Because sitting in front of the computer for eight hours a day doesn't pump out a result. But what I do care about is the result itself. So when the conversations change from like, hey, what did your last hour look like? To, hey, when do you think this project can be turned in? And, and what are the specifics that you may have run across that we can help with? What that does is it strikes up necessary collaboration. People that don't operate within that space simply don't last here at Red Fork. It just doesn't work. The rest of the team expects it. And, and that, that type of culture where you put the responsibility off of management and onto the individual and you, and you train them from day one to think that way really creates a team that's not just impactful, but also really caring. That, that, that's awesome. You talked about, you alluded to COVID earlier. How has your business changed it all, if at all, you know, throughout the pandemic and into the environment we're in now? Yeah, that uh, so COVID. Wow. <laughs> what a whirlwind, right? Um, Pre-COVID, we had an office. We were not hiring as much as we were remotely now. Um, we did have one team member that was remote. And so that luckily made that transition really easy away from the office space. Um, 
But with COVID specifically, you know, we unfortunately saw lots of businesses fail. As a matter of fact, there was there was one company that we were working with, and all they did was run tours uh, to other countries around the world. And as you can imagine, that entire business died, the entire thing. Um, I'm happy to say that they relaunched recently, and it's very exciting that they're back on it. Um, but in the same way that they died, and while they came back, there were unfortunately many others that didn't. However, what we found was really wild. What happened was, as people began to get furloughed and lose their jobs, social media kicked into high gear. I mean, TikTok became what it is today because of COVID. And the central message around TikTok was don't sit on your butt and wait for things. Just do something. Here's 15 new ideas for new businesses that you can create. Here's 12 different ways to market yourself. Here's eight different things that you should be doing today to earn that extra revenue stream. And so what happened inevitably was that our lead list became enormous. There were so many people looking for new websites, for new branding, for new opportunities. And so while a lot of the businesses that we were previously working with died off, at the same time, it got incredibly replenished with these brand new, exciting businesses that we got to work with. And so for our business, we, we, we actually really did very well during COVID. And a lot of it was because we really cared, I think, about that small business owner, that brand new small business owner that had no experience. And so we spent a lot of time with them, educating them and teaching them about the world that we're in. And I can say today, we've retained most of them, even past COVID, which has just been so incredibly rewarding to work with them and see their growth. Yeah, that is awesome. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Oh, man. You know, at the end of the day, what really fuels it. And, and here's the thing, like I can, I can only speak for what I think personally, but I believe that I can speak on the rest of my team as well. At the end of the day, we love stories, right? Like good marketing is great storytelling. And what's, what's, what's great marketing without the story that goes beyond the marketing effort itself. So for instance, this restaurant I talked about, Sofrito Latin Cafe, like what an incredible story. And we could sit here and talk for hours about their entire evolution and how exciting it is. And so oftentimes it's really hard for the individual team members not to lose ourselves in these stories of excitement and deliverables that we give them and, and the ROI, you know, the return on people's investment that they're seeing by working with us. It is incredibly rewarding to see the successes of these businesses as we work with them. That is awesome. Well, we know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you sharing some of it with us. For our folks who are watching and listening, want to learn more about all things Dave Diaz and Red Fork, where should we send them? Go to our website, redforkmarketing.com. Um, I do not necessarily hop onto LinkedIn and social often. We do a lot through our own websites and our own channels. You can also find our social channels for the company at Red Fork Team. Um, and we love, we'd love to connect with you there. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur saying thank you for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 
727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free Perfect Pitch Sheet. sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>